Good morning and welcome to Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. Today in our studio, we welcome Sandy Hansen-Wolf, a coach, business consultant, and strategist, and accidental entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Happy to be here. Always humbled to participate in any sort of podcast from other brilliant leaders. So thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Sandy and I met several years ago when she was a keynote speaker at a workshop that I was at uh, for female entrepreneurs. And uh, this was taking place in Duluth. And during that workshop, she shared her very personal story about her journey of becoming an entrepreneur. And it was interesting because it was in a very male-dominated industry. And it's also why I say she's kind of an accidental entrepreneur. So the story um, has stuck with me all these years later. And it is a reason why I wanted to invite you to come on to the show today and to share your inspiring story with our listeners. So if you don't mind just kind of explaining to people your journey. Oh, sure. I'm always happy to share my story. Um, So I never really identified as an entrepreneur or business owner in, in most of my growing up or um, early years of, of being in, you know, in the work world. And um, when I look back now, it definitely, you know, I was the 4-H president and was always trying to finagle new ways to do things. At any rate, how I became the accidental entrepreneur or business owner. Um, you know, I always thought everything in life is, um, you know, sometimes things just happen to you. And what I realize now, all these years later, is that we're always at choice. Back in my late 20s, I met my first husband, Randy, and um, a month before we were married, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And although he never had, um, you know, a terminal illness as part of his repertoire at the, at the doctor's office and so on, you know, we knew that having a, a diagnosis of, of cancer and leukemia meant that something something drastic might happen, you know, with him passing away. Uh, So to fast forward, we went through treatments and bone marrow transplants. And unfortunately, uh, a year and a half later, he lost his life to, I would say, the complications of going through treatment. So all of a sudden, I was uh, responsible and, and the owner of Egg Venture Feed and Seed, which was the company he had owned and led for 10 years and had bought it from the previous owner then. And uh, we owned it together on paper because we had just bought out his partner. And my plan and his plan was uh, pretty, pr- pretty basic. If I don't make it, sell the company. And we were only married for a year when he passed away. So we didn't really have time to do a lot of strategic planning or you know, any sort of estate planning or anything, if something like this would happen. And besides, we were very young. 
he was 33, I was 30. You were very young and you were, I mean, that's a lot to go through. You're, you're going through a health crisis besides. So it's really yes. the top of your mind to consider right. what that strategic. Yes. Like. Well, exactly. And so, and, and the fact that we were just married, we thought, oh, we'll figure this out later once we get settled, you know, as many couples do. And when he passed away, we had a, we had a, you know, the power of attorney set up and, and a, a will, um, but no real plan for who would lead his company. And when I, after he passed away, what I discovered was, uh, you know, my plan still uh, was I'll sell, I'll sell the company. And what I discovered after he passed away was the company wasn't on solid ground financially. The only thing that I would say was keeping us together was we had great employees and customers who trusted in what we were doing. Um, you know, and, and also the, the financial situation wasn't outward facing. It was something that was internal. And I only discovered in my first days of going to Egg Venture to, to figure out what we were going to do. So um, at that point, I, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I thought it was the biggest, not only did I lose my first husband, you know, it was kind of one of those, you've got to be kidding me moments where it's like, <laughs> I just lost my first husband. And now my bookkeeper's telling me that the company is in peril financially. And we had new loans um, in the tune of about a half a million dollars that we didn't have a real way to pay off. You know, and in today's money, that'd be about a two, $2 million loan. <laughs> um, so uh, to fast forward, I decided, you know, when you have nothing to lose, but I realized now when you have nothing to lose, it's kind of a great entrepreneurial journey. And there, there's a lot of lessons I obviously learn the hard way. Um, but again, you know, great employees that stuck with us during this time and great customers who, you know, gave us, a, gave this like lady and agribusiness a chance <laughs> um, were, were two of our things. And then, you know, just figuring out the path. But I decided I'll just, I'll just, you know, maybe naively is the word. I'll just give it six months and then I'll sell it you know, I'll fix this problem and then I'll sell it. <laughs> and um, many, many, many years later, actually in December of, of 2020, I did sell the company after 20 years. So that's the fast track. And there's many lessons in between there of things I did horribly wrong and things that, that I did right, you know, and it was through a lot of different decision-making processes. Well, I just, your story is so interesting to me because it, you know, you take a look at it, it, it's something that you were really just thrown into. And oftentimes that really is what happens with business owners. Uh -huh. You know, it isn't really a, um, sometimes it isn't really a, a cognizant decision to do it. It's just something that you start and then all of a sudden you're, you're a business owner Right. And thinking, oh my goodness, now what do I do? Now I have to actually learn how to be a business owner. Uh -huh. And, you know, like you said, it was, you were perhaps a little bit naive in it, but that's to be expected. I mean, you were 30 years old, you said, when you started? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I was 30. And, you know, the, I always think the positions in life that you had previously always prepare you for what you're doing now. And, you know, my first boss when I was 22, and I worked in a nonprofit 
community development organization. And I was her number two as a, as a shy kid out of college. And she would put me as the facilitator and leader of many multi-county initiatives. And it was because we didn't have other staff. So guess what? You're it. And so she taught me that the, you know, everything is figure outable platform <laughs> and, and how to scrap, you know, like we were a nonprofit. So, um, you know, huge resources weren't part of the picture. And so definitely that menta- that scrapper mentality came back full-fledged into how do we do this now? And so here you are, this young person who's in this very male-dominated industry. I mean, I can't imagine there were a lot of 30-year-old females who owned feed and seed stores. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and now um, the face of agribusiness has definitely evolved and changed in in beautiful ways. And it's very, very exciting, actually. And 18 years ago, back in 2003, there were there were a few women, but not, not a lot. And I still like one of the pivotal moments early on was when I decided, well, I'm just going to give this a good old college try for the lack of a better way to put it. Um, I remember going to my first meeting because, you know, I'm the owner of the company and, and we had a first meeting of other, you know, dealers and it was like a um, vendor meeting. And I'm like, I deserve a spot at the table. And, all this and uh, I opened the door to the room and it was myself and about 75 men and (laughs) I just remember thinking whoa what have I gotten myself into but guess what I sat down at one of the front tables in the room and and kind of just owned my own place and that didn't mean inside I wasn't thinking what the I doing here (laughs) or how am I going to figure this out and all of those you know imposter syndrome kinds of questions Um, but you know it was kind of like the situation I was in and I think this is very relevant actually to a lot of business owners now and leaders now not just owners but leaders of companies of you know this pandemic for example perfect example of we are thrown into something that's so unfamiliar to us and figuring out that pivot or turnaround strategy i think it's fascinating now to like help businesses do that i didn't appreciate it back at that time <laughs> you didn't appreciate getting the education that you were able to get right. Yes, but it, it's, oh, I'm so grateful for it now because it's it's a great toolkit for helping other business leaders and owners getting through times of peril. And we're going to go into a break now, but when we come back, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the work that you're doing today. And, uh, and before we get started with that, we're going to delve in a little bit deeper into your journey and some of the lessons that you've learned. So for people who want to learn more about what Sandy does or to book an appointment, visit sandyhansenwolf.com. And that's S-A-N-D-Y-H-A-N-S-E-N-W-O-L-F-F. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings Magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. 
Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with Sandy Hansen-Wolf, a coach, speaker, and business consultant. So, Sandy, just before the break, uh, you were starting to share with us the importance of entrepreneurs being able to pivot and being able to really kind of being flexible in our in our thinking and in our ability to to make decisions. So that was one of the lessons that you learned early on in your career in your career as an entrepreneur. And one of the questions I had is in those early years, did you have a mentor or a coach who you worked with? I didn't. And that is why I believe in a coach um, or or and a peer group so strongly. Going it alone was my go-to. And sometimes people do that because, you know, it's more of a pride and ego play. And I, you know, looking back, I definitely had some of that. Like, I can figure this out. I don't know who to trust. And people are just trying to take my customers and all of this. And, you know, I can conquer all. And once I got through those early years, I really started to see the error in my thinking. Um, however, I didn't have resources either to get any help, mm-hmm. you know, nor did I know who I should trust or could trust because it seemed like a lot of people were, you know, watching this situation unfold. And this young woman who wasn't even involved in this business prior to her husband's passing is now going to take over this company. Yeah. Right. You know, so the competition was chomping, even, even our vendors, you know, to, and I, to their credit, I would have felt the same. Like she likely may not make it, or this is a state of peril and we want to preserve the customers that we have together. Uh, yes, it was chips, chips stacked against me with not a good outlet for where to turn to get solid advice. And so one of the lessons that you would have learned in that is, and, and I know you had told me before that uh, as soon as you could afford it, that's when you did end up uh, start working with a coach. Uh, yes. And, and have ever since, I believe in the adage that even a coach needs a coach <laughs> yes. because we are just too close to uh, um, our own lives and our own businesses to see any sort of outside perspective, you know, and also I'm a lifelong learner and I'm, you know, always listening to a podcast or always going to an executive education course or something like that because it interests me, you know, winding the clock back, hiring a coach back then was the best thing I ever did. And it definitely was an investment, but I think about all the money I could have saved that I lost the hard way through like poor decision-making would have paid for my coach. I don't know, 50 times over probably. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you said as this was all transpiring and you had just gotten into the business and, and uh, discovered that it was in peril, that it was an unsolid financial footing. You did have a lot of competitions or a lot of the competitors that were kind of after your business. Mm -hmm. How did you, how did you go about kind of overcoming that or working with that? Um, I think it's important, you know, number one, to own your own chutzpah, I'll say. And I wouldn't say I did that very effectively in the beginning. 
because, you know, that whole imposter syndrome wasn't even really an imposter syndrome. I really didn't know what I was doing, (laughs) you know, like, uh, but and to my credit, and I didn't give myself credit back then, what my first boss taught me in my first, you know, eight to 10 years of my career set me up very beautifully because she challenged me to go lead when I didn't have all the answers. Um, So yes, you know, not only was our competition coming on strong because, you know, we had very good farms that we did business with, you know, provided the feed to the farms. Um, Some of the people that likely should have been on my side were also wondering if we were going to make it and trying to protect customers and so on. And so I remember having very pointed conversations, um, you know, where my employees were listening, where I said, I was just kind of tired of what was going on. You know, competition, you can't really do a lot about except for watch and learn, but try not to follow them. I mean, I think that's just good advice across the board. Like understand what they're doing, maybe take what's working of your competitions that you like, but create your own path and become the leader, not, oh, let's let's just be a copycat of them. Um, But I remember having pointed conversations with the areas that I could have influence. And that was with our current vendor pool of who we were buying product from and who we worked on the farm. And um, our two main vendors, I remember having very, very direct conversations that said, we are not going anywhere. We are here. You will either um, choose to do with business with us or against us. And the dynamic of what, what is being played out here has to stop. And it did. But it it took me, you know, standing my own ground. And I think that's important for any business owner or leader. And that doesn't mean being a bully. It means owning your own place at the table that you deserve. I I do think you can be kind and nice and compassionate in business and still be a good leader. You know, be firm and fair and, and all the rest. That is great advice. So one of the things that you talked about was uh, one of the things that you had kind of mentioned earlier is really not knowing who to trust. And that had to have been really hard in those early years is trying to discover that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely was. So what did you do? What, what, what kind of advice would you give to a business owner nowadays about that trust? Okay. That's a great question. It's number one, own that we find it difficult to trust because it's, you know, like in business, it's always like watch your back type of thing and all of this. And there's some truth to that. Definitely. What are people's agendas and all of this? Um, And so the quandary on it all is if you trust no one, you will not have a business Mm -hmm. because you need support and you need to find those team players that will help you. And you know, over the years, what I've learned is trust, but document or trust and document, you know, like have a written, have a written policy or agreement in place of how we work together. You know, back then we didn't have anything, you know, I didn't know who to trust, you know, like I didn't go to my parents who were, you know, they owned a farm and I looked up to them now and see them as great entrepreneurs and business owners. But back then I, I didn't go to my parents. They were already heartbroken over the fact that their 30-year-old daughter just lost her husband. And over time, what I learned was there were some key people in my circles, you know, from the vendor companies and my employees and some good customers 
who were giving me advice that in the first, you know, I would say six months, let's just say, I just kind of let it go in one ear out the other. Cause I, you know, you're just in such a state of shock and, and, and overwhelm, which is, is two, you know, very pertinent things right now in business. Like I'm just so overwhelmed. I can't make a good decision to save my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm like, you know, if I start listening, listening instead of avoiding what people are telling me, perhaps some of the answers are sitting right in front of my face. <laughs> that was a pivotal moment. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to continue our conversation with Sandy and to learn more about the lessons that she learned. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with Sandy Hansen-Wolf, a coach, speaker, and business consultant. Uh, Sandy, just before the break, you were starting to, we kind of talked about your early years in your business, Egg Ventures, Feed and Seed and uh, some of the struggles that you had. And one of the things that you talked about was, you know, in those early years, there wasn't really anyone who you had reached out to. There wasn't a mentor who you were working with. And that didn't come along until later. But but where do you think it kind of changed? When did it change where you started to determine that maybe I can't do this all on my own? Maybe I need to reach out. I think it changed when... You know, and this is going to sound really soft, but um, and soft skills in business, by the way, are to me just as important as the hard bookkeeping. Yes. All of that tax <laughs> skills, all that um, mindset shifts is what comes to mind for me is um, when I change my mind from what am I going to do? when this company fails because every day was a burden to go to the bank because I was afraid that that would be the day the banker would shut us down. It was that, it was that. (laughs) Yes. And um, to how am I going to make this work today? Mm. And I would say that was the, that was the mindset shift that I would start with anybody. Because when we think something isn't going to work, we direct our attention to it. And, it, it, you know, it's like that down, downward spiral into the dark cave. And when we wake up with the conviction of how will I make this work today, doesn't necessarily mean that the literal situation has changed, but it gives us a different lens and a new lens and a different sort of energy to consider, you know, I, I, I would say it's not, you know, like out of the box ideas. It's more than that. It's more like, how can we turn this whole thing on its head and, you know, transform this, this old paradigm of an industry or whatever it is. And um, when I, the nice part is when you start seeing a few successes, it sure helps your energy. (laughs) You know, like it sure helps you try the next thing. And so we started seeing some successes. And then I kind of realized in my new listening, with my new listening ears, that perhaps I should get somebody 
like a mentor or a consultant to kind of guide me, even if it's only once a month or whatever it might be. So to keep me on track and basically to teach me what I wasn't learning fast enough. And um, so I would say what I did back then at that stage was I did hire a coach. I also joined a peer group of other, actually at that time, and I'm still in the group of other, other business owners. Um, and it was, you know, just hearing from others that have gone through it, which is the reason why I started my coaching and consulting business 10 years ago on the side was having others that have, that were going through it and, you know, like, oh, they have the same challenges I have. And it doesn't matter. I always, you know, people would say, well, you just don't look like a feed lady, you know, like someone that should be an, and I, like, what exactly should a feed lady look like anyway? You know, it's kind of funny, like that old, um, I don't know, farmer, farmer with the pitchfork picture or something like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, like it does to me, I always tell people, it doesn't matter if you're selling feed or yo-yos or candy, a lot of the principles are the same. Mm-hmm. And so getting into that peer group and just seeing that I wasn't alone, so amazing to me and inspiring. And when you say peer group, what do you mean by that? Because I think, you know, there's a lot of us who uh, people get into different networking groups in order to try to build their business. But mm-hmm. a peer group is something very different. Yes. Um, and thank you for asking that question because is, I believe that is a great distinction. I encourage everyone, both, you know, if you're looking for a coach, get a coach that is that has raised the bar on their business higher than you are now, mm-hmm. you know, or substantially higher and put yourself in a peer group where it kind of scares you, where those, the people might be a little more advanced in their platform than you and prove to yourself that you fit there, that you belong there. And I, you know, when I, I joined um, one, that it was all multi-million dollar business owners. And we definitely qualified it, but I didn't feel like I had that mindset that I was that person. And so like sitting around the table, you, you realize. So like, I think that a peer group should be one, like a networking group is amazing. And sometimes you do find really good peers that will challenge you and push you in a networking group. So I do both, of course. Um, but the peer group is for the direct learning and the direct challenges. And it's more guided and structured. And they should push you and challenge you and support you. So it's just this great confidential environment where you say, this isn't working or this is, and you share ideas back and forth and everybody elevates. It's, it's amazing, which is why I've run mastermind groups for the last years too. Yes. Yeah. So a mastermind group is, is that type of group as well. And it really is. I always think about it as a networking group. We're always putting our public face forward. So we're always (laughs) trying to tell people how wonderful everything is. And like, you don't want to get too real. Yes, absolutely. But a peer group is somewhere where you can go and really get down and dirty and get some good advice and be able to really discuss things that you need help mm-hmm. trying to figure out. Yes. And to vocalize, I'm not doing well right now, or my company is really struggling right now is really tough, but that is where the magic starts happening. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that um, I think makes you such 
an important um, coach for business owners is your ability to really understand intuition and how that plays into being a business owner. And I think a lot of the times people think intuition is really woo-woo. And I always like to say to people, it's really your gut reaction, right? It's really that trusting that what what you feel to be true. Mm-hmm. So how has intuition played its part in your in your journey? Oh, you know, looking back, I, I don't know that I gave it gave intuition the credit it deserves because I never saw myself as intuitive or the intuitive type um, until however, the last 10 years, I've been on my own what what you know mainstream would call, a very woo journey. So I, you know, and I openly and unapologetically say the magic of business is taking, you know, that intuitive and divine guidance side, whatever people want to call it and put it with literal business strategies. And that intersection is where the magic and the profits start happening. And I, I don't, I think that Although I always like liked the metaphysics and did a lot of psychology type books and all of this, I never realized until about five years ago that that's what I was doing with business. Mm-hmm. And because there were a lot of things, and I still use it today and actually even stronger, um, where someone said that, you know, like a very, a very, you know, like a very educate, educated, quote unquote, person in the industry. Um, or someone who has much more experience than myself said that will never work or, you know, don't go down that road. And my intuition on it, you know, proved, you know, like I just, it either felt right or it didn't. Mm-hmm. And the times that I move forward when instinctively it didn't feel right is when it didn't go well and I lost mm-hmm. money. And guess what? You back up and you go down the path that your instinct and intuition told you in the first place. Um, But um, there were a lot of times I was doing intuitive strategy because I didn't want to plan. You know, I I didn't want to write. I didn't know how to write a proposal or any sort of, you know, business outline. However, that said, one thing I will, I had to suggest here is the first, one of the first things I did was I started developing written procedures and protocols because we had none and to our demise we didn't know a lot of the information that you know was lost when my first husband passed away so um so i think there's that's where the intersection lies with like you know there's there's a a literal piece of business and developing that intuitive side um and owning it i don't even know if it's developing but owning it and allowing it to come into the picture is I'm still blown away and fascinated by it. Yes. And I think people who, you know, once you start to really listen to that intuition, it makes it so much easier Uh because when you do and things, you know, work out when you, when you trust that intuition, when people are telling you don't do it, you trust it and it worked out, you really, you gain so much confidence by it that it's easier every time you do it. But it's, it's a lot of people have been taught not to listen to that voice, not to listen to that instinct that you have. And we really have to get people out of that to return them to, to trusting that. One of the things that you said too, was uh, with the planning. And that's one thing that I, you know, 
that I think a lot of business owners are not the best at Mm -hmm. is uh, entrepreneurs are great at having ideas and we have, you know, thousands of ideas a month, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that planning and that really getting processes and that type of thing in place is so important. Um, But you said that you actually have kind of a unique strategic uh, planning process that you use with your clients. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, number one, um, I have to say that everything that I do in business requires simplicity and quick understanding. And the reason why people don't like strategic plans is it makes our eyes glaze over, Mm -hmm. including myself. So, you know, if somebody wants to hire somebody to do this inclusive strategic plan, it's not me. You know, that we'll put the budget together for you and all this. There, I do have partners that I work with that do that for my side of the coaching business. I'm, I'm not as detailed as that. However, I believe that you can gather quick clarity and, you know, quick kind of like getting out of the, the ruts of where you're in or stuck points. And so I use my simple works complicated doesn't approach and also my intuitive nature to develop a system that I call intuitive strategy. We're going to, we're going to come back and we're going to talk okay. get into this a little bit more. And I want you to tell us um, more about this particular strategy. Okay. So for people who would like to learn more about what Sandy does or to book an appointment with her, visit sandyhansenwolf.com. And again, that's Sandy with a Y, Hansen with an E and Wolf with two F's. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're visiting with Sandy Hansen-Wolf, a coach, speaker, and business consultant and business strategist. And I say that because just before the break, you were starting to tell us about your, your kind of unique approach to uh, strategic planning with businesses. And I'm afraid I had to cut you off a little bit to get into the break. So why don't we come back and you tell us again um, about this approach and and complete your description of it. Sure. Uh, Happy to. Well, what I discovered, um, you know, going back to the simple works complicated doesn't strategy for my own way of, you know, running companies and so on or businesses. um, I thought about how, you know, like strategy and, all of the execution of it becomes so cumbersome, which is why people don't do it. And so I thought about how do we incorporate our intuitive knowing and strategy and make this a simple process. And so I developed the intuitive strategy roadmap that I take, you know, it it, it can happen in teams. 
um, for companies. And it, and it also happens one-on-one with my coaching clients mm-hmm. where we start with, you know, an analysis of number one, creating a safe space to just talk and, um, you know, get to the root of things. And then, you know, assessing what are the obstacles. And then I go through some intuitive practices, you know, or maybe a little bit of teaching on how to trust our intuition more and what is intuition. And we go through some actual uh, practices or, you know, sessions of using our intuition, again, either as a team or an individual. And from that, from going through those exercises, we do a dream, what I call dream storming. You know, what is the greatest possibilities for this align, the aligned next steps for the business, whether that be individual or again, group. And that is just magical and fascinating because, you know, it's kind of been an experiment for me is like how fast can clarity come and how fast can align action come? Because a lot of people and companies, well, we're into like an energy of the universe that's on, you know, on on a speedy path anyway. So we need speedy results here. We Mm -hmm. need clarity. We need to get out of the rut fast. And this is just so rewarding for me because I see the elevation happening within hours, which, you know, strategic planning can sometimes take months. Oh my goodness. Yes. I remember back when I worked at the college, we would do strategic planning for almost a year. Yes. Yes. In year plans. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, 20 years ago. So when you take a look at a 10 year plan, that doesn't even make sense anymore. Not mm-hmm. days. So then they went to a seven year plan and then it kind of went to a three year plan, but really you almost have to be more nimble than that nowadays. Yes. And, you know, I do agree that having a long-term vision of, you know, I want to grow my company to this many millions in five years is great you know, and so like from this intuitive strategy roadmap session, we come to, that's great. And what do we do now? Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's the gap. And so at the end of this, it's, we have clarity, we have aligned action, and we have new energy. And we're, we're in go mode, and we're elevated both as a, you know, like as a professional, we don't feel as tired and overwhelmed. And now we can see it more clearly. And then if, you know, if people allow, I'll actually bring some of my own intuitive nudges into it. You know, if not, totally fine too. So that is something that you can do both with businesses and with individuals. Mm -hmm. And you also have another practice that you've been using with your clients as well. So tell us about that. Yeah. So, so I offer for coaching, for example, for individuals, I offer high level leaders and, you know, business owners, whatever coaching. Um, and I used to only do six, 12 and 18 month programs. And what I have discovered in, you know, in the last year is sometimes people are so overwhelmed with their schedule being packed that they, they aren't really ready or interested in, you know, massive coaching right now, but they also know they need something to, to get out of the wheels spinning. And so I developed what I call the above the summit VIP experience And again, it kind of ties into that intuitive strategy where I take them, you know, it's a three to three to four week max um, quick hit where they do a little bit of prep work to get ready. And then we do a a two to three hour half day 
half day session where it's, it's fun, it's energetic, it's dream storming, it's using intuition, and it's coming again to those quick results. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I have a follow up session after that, where we're kind of sealing the accountability piece, you know, and so, some will decide this was fantastic, and they'll hire me for longer term coaching. And others will decide that's the quick hit, hit I needed. Yes. And and it is just so rewarding for me because I do, you know, like it's a challenge for me is like, how fast can we get to clarity and aligned action steps? Because there's so many paths we can go down. So you, you've said that now a couple of times. So I want to expand on that a little bit. What do you mean by aligned action steps? So aligned, you know, I would say I'm guilty of this many times, which is why I stress it now is people will tell me or tell your company Here's what you should do because it makes logical sense that you would, you know, go down this growth strategy path. And it doesn't feel right, nor does it feel fun and exciting for you. Mm-hmm. And if you can't feel it, you're going to have a really tough time executing it as successfully as you should. It's going to feel very forced. And and so getting into that alignment with what are the goals that resonate that like I can actually jump on and get passionate about? Um, and here's the piece that I always throw in. Like we have to make profit doing it too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another soapbox item that we don't have you no know, time for today is, you know, speed to profits is, a, is something that I, I'm totally into. How do we negotiate? How do we price ourselves? Because we leave so much money on the table and, um, it's something that I incorporate in this too, is like, what is your pricing strategy? And are you maximizing this for your skill set? That is so important. And, and it is something that so many people do not understand with their business is how to properly price their services, how to properly price their products. You really, you bring something really special into this, Sandy. You became that accidental entrepreneur, you grew the business, um, and then you prepared it for sale. And now you just recently sold it as well. And it's starting this or continuing growing your coaching business now. Mm-hmm. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for being with us today. It really is a pleasure to have you on the show. And we look forward to hearing where your journey takes you next. Well, thank you, Candy. And I'm, I'm a fan of your, your entire platform. And it's, it's always humbling to be on, you know, a part of podcasts and I really do have a passion for seeing other others succeed. Exactly. Well, thank you. So again, for people who want to learn more, visit sandyhansenwolf.com. Thank you for joining our conversation today as we awaken to natural health. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And I am wishing for you a lovely day. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Love